0: everybody, Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today an unusual alliance between a liberal civil rights attorney and conservatives together behind an effort to sue Baltimore's failed and corrupted school system. A really interesting story coming up on my TV show Full Measure this week. It has to do with a lawsuit filed over the city of Baltimore's horribly failing public schools. Unfortunately, like many big cities where tons of taxpayer money is going to public schools, the Baltimore schools are by all accounts failing children and parents and have been for many years. For some, the last straw was a story broken at the Baltimore affiliate Fox 45 owned by the same company that runs Full Measure, Sinclair, and investigative reporter Chris Pabst. The story is now, I guess, known as the grade-changing scandal. And after Chris reported on this, an inspector general investigated and found that Baltimore teachers changed thousands of failing grades to passing between 2016 and 2020. To set up the subsequent lawsuit that we're talking about today, First, we will play one of Chris's stories from his investigation. This is the one from July.
2: A bombshell report just released by the Maryland Inspector General for Education shows more than 12,000 failing grades were changed to passing over a five-year period in Baltimore City schools.
0: That's right. Project Baltimore's Chris Paffs joins us now with more on this explosive, explosive report and how it all started with a Fox 45 News investigation from 2017. We have been following along.
2: Yeah, nearly five years ago. Now, this report, Kai and Mary, from the IG, the Inspector General of Education, this is a damning report. And it not only confirms a lot of what project baltimore has already found or shown it shows that city schools changed thousands of grades which could have a significant impact on graduation rates now here are the key findings of the report that was released this afternoon the inspector general substantiated the allegations that city schools incorrectly documented and promoted students by changing failing grades to passing and that teachers have been pressured to change grades by school administrators. Administrators, and those school administrators were pressured to change grades by North Avenue. Now, the report specifically looked at 10 Baltimore City schools from 2016 to 2020 and in total found 12,542 failing grades were changed to passing. 12,542. The report found the misunderstanding, misapplication, and noncompliance of grade-changing procedures increased the risk of inappropriate grade changes that would have significantly impacted graduation rates in Baltimore City schools. The OIG recommends that the Maryland State Department of Education and the State Superintendent of Schools issue an emergency procurement for an independent performance audit of grading policies and procedures. Now remember, this all started after Project Baltimore exposed allegations of improper grade changing in August of 2017 nearly five years ago. Back then, we have spoken with teachers at Northwood Northwoodapold Community Academy 2 in Northeast Baltimore. Teachers at that school said their grades were changed so students could graduate. Soon after, more city teachers came forward with similar allegations at other schools, including Calverton Elementary Middle and Joseph C. Briscoe Academy, and if you remember, Fox 45 in 2017 had to sue Baltimore City Schools over the release of public records related to improper grade changing. That was a lawsuit that we won, and as a result of that lawsuit, we received thousands of documents, including some emails indicating teachers were pressured to change grades to promote students. And it was because of our reporting that the Inspector General of Education, Rick Henry, launched his own investigation into this matter and found that a significant number of students may have graduated that should not have.
0: We know that recently you just talked with some moms, a principal who
2: all said this was happening. Has the administration taken any steps to rectify this, to stop it? Well, after we started reporting this, it took two and a half years for Baltimore City to respond. And in June of 2019, they did pass a new grade-changing policy, which does include things like principals must notify teachers in writing before adjusting grades, and that there's more training concerning how to adjust grades But if you look at the years of this report, 2016 to 2020, almost half of this report was after that grade changing policy had already been changed. So, Chris, what happens now? Well, right now, this is a very thorough report. There's a lot to go through, a lot of emails, a lot of information. You know, we got to reach out to the state. Are they going to ask for this procurement audit? Uh, Baltimore City Schools... They got a lot of explaining to do here. I mean, 12,540-some grades were changed, and if the IG is saying students graduated that perhaps should not have, and this could have changed significantly, in his words, graduation rates,
0: yeah, is mean, a big deal. I just think about funding at this point. If I'm a parent of a, a student who recently graduated, I want to know were there gra- how much information do you think parents will be given?
2: Well, I mean, something that, that we talked about before is that, you know, Eric Costello came out just a couple of weeks ago and said inadequate K through 12 education in Baltimore City is one of the leading causes of crime. Well, this report right here, If they have to change 12,500 grades and some of these kids are graduating without the skills necessary to compete in the workforce, this is exactly what Eric Coxtello and and the other members of city council were pointing to. And it started with your reports. And look at what we've got now. So much data you're combing through. Thank you.
0: Next, my interview with civil rights attorney Ben Crump who's joining conservative activists in an effort to sue Baltimore's mayor and school board, arguing that, quote from the lawsuit, despite receiving some of the highest funding per pupil in the nation for many years, the Baltimore City Public Schools has expended billions of dollars in taxpayer money while failing to properly educate Baltimore City's children.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Certainly, Cheryl. Essentially, it's about fighting for our children to have a right at the American promise of life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness. And so, when I made the decision after many months of deliberation to join the Baltimore lawsuit, it was still at the core mission of my life's work, and that is to give our children an equal opportunity at the American Promise. And so when you think about Education injustice inevitably leads to racial injustice because it puts so many of our black and brown children on the fast track to the school to prison pipeline if they don't have uh, quality education, if they don't have literacy, if they can't read and write when they graduate. It's almost like they're already in prison. We just haven't slammed the prison cell door.
0: When you look at the situation in Baltimore, for people who aren't familiar with it, what are some of the facts or notes that stood out to you?
1: Well, the fact that so many parents were coming to me telling their story about how their children were not able to read they were not able to do basic math and that they wanted better for their children and obviously we all have heard of the grade change scandal which is just deplorable when you think about the message we're sending our children and the final thing for me was just when you look at if children can't read in the third grade, the likelihood of them ending up in prison after committing criminal activity is just uh, forecasting. And so what I'm trying to do is prevent our children from being killed by bullets and uh, this unjust yes, police killings and also being killed slowly and softly by uncaring unsympathetic school system this lawsuit isn't about teachers performance it's about a system that continues to perpetuate a mediocrity and i believe baltimore is the litmus test, this novel lawsuit that has been filed on behalf of the taxpayers. If we can prevail here in Baltimore, we can use it as a model for cities all across America and finally give children what all parents want for them, a quality education.
0: Can you briefly summarize the grade-changing scandals? Because certainly people around here know about it, but I'm not sure everybody knows about it.
1: You know, it's unbelievable that the teachers uh, say they were told to change grades uh, for bureaucratic reasons to give better grades to give better grades for bureaucratic reasons um, the fact that it had been reported that students who had not been to classes for years were still being counted on the road and given passing grades. And so the teachers say, why are you asking us to do this? Well, all we wanted to do was to try to help inspire children, to educate children, to be able to compete in life, in society, but you are having us do these immoral and ethical acts and that is what became the scandal because, you know, the state uh, leadership found that there were over 12,000 such grade changes uh, throughout Baltimore and there's no justifiable answer for that. I don't care what technical justification you come up with. It's not right, and we have to stand for what's right.
0: What is the racial makeup of those who run the schools here and the student population, and how does that factor into the whole debate?
1: You know, I think it's uh, ran by mostly minorities, and I think mostly minorities are being impacted. And so it was a, a very methodical decision I had to make to get involved in this because I'm dealing with so many issues of more immediate social justice issues like police unjust killings, dealing with false imprisonment, false incarceration, um, environmental racism. But I think whether you have black people or white people running the system the system is still producing the same outcomes and if we keep doing the same things and expect a different result then that is the definition for insanity. And so what we're saying is we can do better. Let's come to the table. That's what we're saying with this lawsuit. Let's come to the table if we truly are motivated by trying to give our children a better education then you shouldn't look at this lawsuit as something nefarious. It should be looked at as something to hold Hopefully, get us all to the table to say, let's put politics aside and put our children first.
0: In a nutshell, if you can, this lawsuit is being brought by parents. What does it allege in summary form, and what specifically does it
1: seek? It's being brought by parents' taxpayers. Uh, Scott Marta has uh, done something I think is quite ingenious, uh, because when you bring it as a civil rights case, the courts have been dismissive of those uh, type of lawsuits. This is based on the taxpayers saying that, You're taking our tax dollars and you are feeding it into a system that is not producing what you have told us as taxpayers it is to produce. And so what we are trying to achieve with this lawsuit is obviously the overarching objective is to give our children a quality education. But we believe to do that, we have to have transparency. And so this lawsuit is really about transparency. Let's show everybody what's going on so we can really talk about the solutions. If we don't acknowledge the problem, we can never get to the solutions.
0: Some people consistently say more money is needed for children's education. But we've also seen that some of the poorest performers in the nation, including Baltimore, in terms of schools, are some of the best funded. Another example of that is Rochester, New York. So what are some of the reflections you have on the idea that money alone certainly isn't making achievement happen?
1: I think, you know, we have to understand that this solution isn't going to be one size fits all. It's going to be multifaceted. The solution won't just be money. The solution won't just be changing out the leadership. I think at the crux of the matter, it's about the institutions. The institutions state people come and go, you know, budgets change, but the fundamental institution is there. We have to change the core fundamentals of the institution if we want to see a difference. That is, I know Armstrong Williams talked to me about the C schools where you have the young people coming into stay at the schools, have a environment where they could be nurtured and education could be a focus. And then they go home on the weekends. We got to try all kind of things because what we have right now isn't working. And so let's don't keep going down the wrong road. If we see it's not working, let's figure out how it can work here in Baltimore, and then that could be a model for cities all across America. Baltimore, if we can get it right here, I do think we can get it right all over America, and we can change America for the better as it relates to education.
0: And a final reflection on the case of Rochester, which is another specific that we know about. I was there doing a story on trying to improve business opportunities for blacks. There's a large uh, black population in Rochester, and they have done a lot of job initiatives, but it seems to come down to, in the end, lack of success because... They say the school system is not getting the people where they need to be out of high school so that they can even take advantage of job opportunities. What are your thoughts on a situa- that type of a situation?
1: No, I think that is really the crux of the matter. That's why I joined this fight. I, I believe what my grandmother said is true. Uh, You know, what good is having influence if you don't use it when it matters most? I think our children's education matters most. And and I'm often reminded of the great Negro educator, Booker T. Washington, who founded the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama. He would often say, It is easier to build strong children than to try and repair broken men. I think what we're facing in Rochester and other cities, we have the inevitable task of trying to repair broken men when it's so much easier and so much more cost efficient if we just try to Build them up strong while they're in school. Can you imagine a world where all our children can graduate and they can read and write and they can go out and compete? in not just an American society, but a global society. That's what we all want for all of our children.
0: And you find yourself in a position, I don't know if this is the first time, where you're fighting allied alongside of some conservative activists because this crosses party lines, this type of an issue. Is this un- unusual in that respect? And how, does, how is that to grapple with?
1: Well, it's not what I do normally, but it's not that I haven't done it before because I've always believed we have to put people over politics. And uh, I know Armstrong Williams and I, we don't agree on everything, but what we do agree on is it's about trying to be honest and speak truth to power, no matter who may be in power. And so that's what we're doing in Baltimore. We're trying to speak truth to the people who are in power and say the truth is we can do better by our children. And it's about setting aside politics and putting our children first.
0: If this grade-changing scandal, by the way, piques your interest, you can read more about it from the Inspector General. You can find the report by just searching something like O-I-G-E, Grade-Changing Report. O-I-G-E, Grade-Changing Report. You could also add Baltimore in there, and I think you'll find the report that was written up about this. Be sure and watch Full Measure this week, Sunday, November 20th, for more on this story. To find out how to watch on TV, you can go to CherylAckeson.com, click the full measure tab, you'll see a list of stations and times, and also other ways you can watch online and on our free app, Stir, which is spelled S-T-I-R-R. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you will leave a great review, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Also, check out my other podcast, The Cheryl Ackison Podcast. And now you can support independent journalism causes by visiting CherylAxon.com and clicking the store tab. There are some thought provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers with proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes like the ION Awards for original and off narrative, fair and accurate reporting. I started these cash awards in the past year to recognize some great journalism that won't win your typical journalism awards. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.